The Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. And we're also brought to you by the NBA Playoffs Survivor Challenge. We're giving away $250 cash and a $100 gift card. Sign up today exclusively on the SGPN app. Gens assemble. Welcome to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host, Andrew, the TD King. Rob, how we doing, sir? Great, man. Great to be back. Talking some fantasy villains. Uh, You been doing any best ball drafts recently? No, I'm going to do a good set tomorrow to prepare for our draft this upcoming Thursday, we've got Pete Overzet coming on. Had a busy weekend with the family in town. You know, it's kind of like tough to like get away for you know an hour plus. You know, when you got family visiting, like, hey, sorry, you know, I got time for you. I'm doing this draft, so you know, I had a little bit of a reprieve from the holiday. So no drafting over the weekend, but am excited to do some drafting this week. Uh, if you haven't, uh, be sure to put that on your calendar this Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. Like I said, we're going to be drafting with Mr. Pete Overzet. Uh, going to be a lot of fun, and you can come draft with us. So as long as you check in on time, you know we usually try to get a pretty, uh, you know, pretty low occupied lobby. So come in, dra- draft with us. We'll we'll have a good time. You know, tonight you can hear us, you know, preach about some do not draft players, some fantasy football villains. We're actually playing hero, if if you will, Andrew, this evening uh, by giving out that key advice uh, to fans and followers. You know, players that we're absolutely staying off of at their ADP. Uh, any one in particular that you'd like to get this conversation started with? Uh, no, man. Why don't you pick your favorite one off your list and let's start there. If we're going for my favorite, like big boom factor, it's got to be Christian Watson. He's going at a underdog rating of wide receiver 23, and that is rich, if I do say so myself. No more Aaron Rodgers. That touchdown percentage just has to come down. I think he had like not nine total touchdowns on less than 70 total touches or maybe just over 70 total touches. Absolutely ridiculous. He was getting touchdowns left and right. I don't believe that this team is going to be a deep ball friendly type of squad. I think that we could see them merge into something similar to what we've seen out of teams like the Falcons or maybe even the San Francisco 49ers where they're you know, running the ball into the ground, using multiple backs and, you know, dinking and dunking with more of a, a West Coast type of offense, right? So I feel not as good about Jordan Love as I would about Aaron Rodgers. I don't like this receiver group overall. He's probably going to be the best, you know, position player outside of maybe Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but it's just not a situation that I'm excited about. And like I said, I have his value part parked well outside of wide receiver three territory he is just not someone that i trust or believe in this year christian watson dylan yeah this was one uh you know Mm -hmm. when you sent over 
couple people that you wanted to talk about. This is one that I have some questions on for you. So okay. you said he's wide receiver 23, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, end of the wide receiver two range. Um, he was pretty good last year. And, and I know the caveat is he was with Aaron Rodgers and didn't start out the year, um, you know, playing, you know, once he did come back, he did come mm -hmm. back pretty strong. He seemed like a pretty reliable target there. Um, he's definitely, in my eyes, you know, the the go-to guy behind Aaron Jones here for for our target share. I, I expect Aaron Jones to actually have a, a larger target share than he did last year. But, you know, he should be in line for, you know, to, to be the number two, if not number one guy. Uh, mm -hmm. Green Bay, I, I think, is going to try to, to pound the ball, especially if they are going to have Jordan Love there. So I understand the case there. I guess my question to you is, normally we see wide receivers – break out you know in, in year two normally you know and this will be year two for him he had a very good college profile coming into the nfl because i did write about him in the offseason last year as a targeted guy that i was looking at getting in drafts and i guess my my question to you is what are you projecting him uh for target wise where do you think he's going to fall because i think that that for me is probably going to be what i want to focus on with Christian Watson is the amount of targets he's going to get because he was mm -hmm. good with the targets he got last year. So, so where do you have him slated in roughly for targets? Probably still a little less than a hundred. I do okay. think that if anything, his value where you could see a boost from him, maybe something that's not as expected is getting dual, like dual, dual production, like rushing production, receiving production. I had mentioned, you know, this team could mirror something of the San Francisco 49ers. If they use him in like a Debo Samuel type of role, that would be very interesting and intriguing. I'm not sure that they're going to go full Debo in this, in this scenario. You know, I think that they're going to draft some position players as well to try and load up some talent around Jordan Love. It seems like he's going to be the guy that they move forward with. I suppose I wouldn't be surprised if they made, you know, a big move to, you know, go up and get a quarterback, but it just doesn't feel like they're in that boat and it doesn't really feel like them. It doesn't really feel Packers-esque, if you will. Um, so I feel <clears throat> like they feel like they're comfortable with what they have and they're just going to try to build on it. I don't think that they want to have, you know, what they perceive as a very set playbook. And so Christian Watson could be used in some unique ways. But I think that his value, like I said, is very upheld by a higher threshold of touchdown percentage. You said, yeah, he came back strong, but that was because he was scoring and scoring all these touchdowns. I don't know if I would put him over five total touchdowns this upcoming year in this offense with Jordan Love. Maybe he does have a lot of catches, but I don't think he's going to boom for you. And really, overall, like this take is firmly based off of just guys around him. I love receivers this year. Uh, we've been talking about it, just banging the drum, draft receiver over running back, right? And there's just so, so many names that I just like at their value ahead of him. You know, and like I said, I'm bringing him back to wide receiver 42. Like it's, it's way back there. So, you know, he's going, you know, closer to, you know, I would say around like maybe Michael Thomas territory, Rashad Bateman territory, Jayon Dotson territory. There's a lot of names ahead of him that I, I just don't like as much. And there are some names ahead of him that I don't, you know, that I don't prefer that have also come down my board. Yep. Yeah. And I, I'm looking now, mm -hmm. um, just establish a run has it listed as so Christian Watson's wide receiver 26 is what they have him listed as. Uh, he's going mm -hmm. around the, the likes of Keenan Allen, Drake London, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, Jerry Judy, Chris Godwin. Like, I, I do agree with you. There's at least three guys there that I really like a lot more than Christian Watson. Um, 
I think his cost is okay because I can see the talent there and I can see the ability to earn targets on this team that really doesn't have a whole lot going for it right now. I mean, they got Romeo mm-hmm. Dubs. They obviously shipped off Alan Lazard. They shipped off a big Bob Tunyon. So, I mean, the, the, the target share, I think, is there for him. It's will he be efficient with those targets? You know, I, I think he can be, but I could definitely see why you think in this range of where he's going that he will end up as a bust. So I, I don't disagree with you. I, I just I hope that the talent wins out for him. Yeah, it's it's just too expensive of a ADP cost, in my opinion. And again, I, I still feel like this is going to be a very run heavy schemed roster and team. Uh, it, I want to get guys that are going to be you know involved in, you know, higher, higher volume of passing. Right. That, that that's just the way I look at it. I think with Aaron Rodgers there, Aaron Rodgers was still beat up la- last year, and he was just finding Watson for touchdowns. So I'm not saying that you're going to see a huge drop off. You may see similar numbers, but you're definitely not going to get the same type of uh, touchdown return. That that I that much I am certain of. Yep. All right. Who's who's your villain? Who's your first man up? So, uh, you know, let's keep it with wide receivers here. And I'm going to go Mike Evans, mm-hmm. uh, currently ranked okay. as the 29th wide receiver. Uh, a lot of this is not me disliking Mike Evans. Um, I don't even hate that he's going as wide receiver 29. I just right. think even at where he's going, the issue for me is the quarterback carousel, the quarterback issues there right now, right? It's, it's either Baker or Kyle Trask. Uh, neither one of them are inspiring. Baker has only produced two 1,000-yard receivers in his career, uh, and and then you know, and that was a few years ago. Now, uh, I, I think the pass game as a whole is less likely, you know, to be effective. Obviously, since there's no more Brady there, uh, I, I think really Mike Evans is going to have to like improve his red zone efficiency. I, I, I took a look at his numbers, and it's not very good in the in the red zone. He's more of the the deep downfield threat, and you know, a lot of his touchdowns come from you know beyond 20 yards. So I think if he can improve his red zone efficiency, then maybe he, he'd be able to pay off here. But, I mean, with the quarterback issues, you know, with uh, Godwin's there, which I think favors what Baker can do and what, and what Baker's preferred route tree is. Um, not saying that he isn't willing to be a gunslinger because we obviously know he will be, but I don't think he's going to be very efficient in this offense. So I think for me, Mike Evans has to go – mid to late round seven or later for me to even want to take a shot on him. Anything before that, I'm, I'm definitely mm-hmm. staying away. I would much rather have Chris Godwin in this offense. And, you know, I, I think honestly that they want to run the ball a little bit here too. I mean, Rashad White's a very good running back. and We saw that last year, and I, I think they want to get him involved again. So, you know, all those things are kind of making Mike Evans a fantasy villain, you know, fantasy ADP villain uh, in my eyes, even though I, I do think he can be a wide receiver three. So I think he's going mm-hmm. where he should be. I, I just don't want to take the risk on him because of all the uncertainty going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, I, I can absolutely get down with that. I have him pretty much right at his ADP. I haven't moved him up. I haven't moved him down. So no real overreaction for me. I'm also in the pool of belief that the Buccaneers could still be shopping for a quarterback. They feel like a team that could get aggressive and maybe move up to that third pick, maybe even you know put Mike Evans in a move You know that could include the swap for that maybe improve his situation on, on another roster with a better quarterback. I'm not sure, but I could definitely see them moving up for maybe like a Will Levis or, you know, trying to attack, you know, uh, grabbing Anthony Richardson after the one, two, just seeing how everything you know falls into place. Cause it's just hard for me to believe that the Buccaneers are going to move forward full steam ahead, full confidence. 
Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. There's just got to be a different answer here. Yeah. Do, do you think Mike Evans can be traded? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's in, he's on the market, you know, he's absolutely available right now. I don't care what anyone from Tampa Bay says. That's definitely a name that's getting shopped. I mean, he is a win now type of receiver. You know, he definitely has that type of vibe that could go to a contender. Absolutely. Right now. Okay. I mean, you know, and that was a caveat when I was thinking about this, I'm like, man, I'm like, he mm-hmm. could be moved. And then this is a mute point because if he's sure, l- let's say sure. he randomly gets moved to the chiefs, right? Like, his ADP now is favorable <laughs> at that mm-hmm. point. So it really depends on where he would go. But as of right now, where he's going, it's a stay away from me. Yeah, I think this situation could develop positively for him as we get closer to week one, whether it be a Tampa Bay you know, upgrade at QB or just being moved in a, in a deal maybe on draft night you know, to greener pastures, maybe potentially a better quarterback situation. Yep. Uh, before our next pick, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk to the folks about uh, Shady Rays. Yes, Shady Rays. I uh, before we even got them on as a as a sponsor, uh, you know, I already had Shady Rays. So I I love Shady Rays. My my wife has some that um, they're very good. So to kick off the new year, uh, they do have some new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Ray have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premier polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Uh, I think one of the best things I like about Shady Ray is that if you lose or break a pair. Uh, even on day one, uh, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back uh, long after your purchase. Uh, and, and again, like their they're polarized is really good. I, I wear them a lot when I go uh, kayaking or fishing because, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when you're trying to reel in a big fish, shit gets hairy. And uh, I have definitely lost some overboard and watched them float to the bottom. Now I don't have to worry about jumping in and trying to get them. I can just hit up Shady Rays and they will replace them. So uh, lastly, here about Shady Rays, exclusively for all of you, our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. Shady Rays rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Man, that's a really great deal by Shady Rays. It kind of makes them uh, what we would call a... Uh, Let me be your hero. A hero. <laughs> oh, I thought you we're were going to go for... Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> oh, that's, that is true. That is true. They, they are, are seducing to, they are us trying to buying them. their stuff. <laughs> oh, I mean, SGPN promo code. Let's ride. <laughs> we're also brought to you by the NBA Survivor Challenge. Make sure to check out our NBA Playoffs Survivor Challenge. It's completely free to enter, and the winner gets $250 cash and a $100 SGPN gift card. This is offered exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, so we had Christian Watson. We had Mike Evans. Let's shift over to a running back in DeAndre Swift. Pun intended there. Swift is coming off the board at RB22. I have him uh, backed up about seven spots, so not a complete, you know, boom, you know, downgrade here in value like a Christian Watson, but do have him held back about seven spots to RB29. I have David Montgomery right now at RB30. I do suspect some movement uh, between their their value in the player market, you know, as we approach the draft, post-draft, et cetera, as we move through the offseason, because... My opinion is is that DeAndre Swift will be moved. Until that actually does happen, until that's a reality, I have to downgrade him. I, I want to believe that teams like you know the Chiefs 
Chiefs or the Bills could be in on him, maybe trying to make a draft night trade, because it just doesn't feel like he's going to want to be there long term with the Lions, who completely just, you know, continue to continue to dismiss him and not use him, you know, to, to his desire. So last year it was with Jamal Williams. This year now it's with David Montgomery. We, I mean, maybe they even draft a guy. My thought is, is that they probably will draft a guy. It's probably after a DeAndre Swift draft night move, maybe. Maybe somewhere through the middle of the first round, end of the first round, we see that move maybe go down, maybe getting back, you know, a second or a third round pick. I think, you know, he would be very, very valuable, you know, to a team that would be trying to acquire him because he just has the the feelability of an every down back just hasn't been able to get that type of opportunity. So until that changes, I cannot hold him with any type of hero praise. He's definitely closer to villain, you know, category more so than hero right now, at least, you know, as a Detroit lion. Yep. Agree. Uh, Swift is also a stay away from me right now with the uncertainty of his usage. Uh, the uncertainty on, is he going to be on this team? I think he's going to be, but there's, there's, mm-hmm you know a little bit of thought in my mind that they could still trade him um i mean he's a good running back like that's i I, last year i had no idea what they were doing with him you know he would get in there be effective but they would only use him like seven times a week like it it was Mm -hmm. weird i I don't know if he was a little bit more hurt than they let on or what the case was but it was you know definitely interesting scenario so it makes me want to stay away from him because of the uncertainty also, you know, I, I think that the passing game is going to take an uptick here for the Lions as well. Uh, he is a passing down back, but I think that they want to take this downfield a little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. use Amra, use Jamison Williams, right? Like, they got those guys for reasons, and I think that they're going to want to do that. So, I, I completely agree with you. He's a stay away from me, um, at least at his current ADP. If he keeps following, though, I'll, I'll take a shot here or there that he maybe goes sure. somewhere else, or maybe sure. they realize that they have a good running back and DeAndre Swift and want to utilize him a little bit more. So we'll see what they do, uh, you know, moving forward. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree at his current ADP, it is a stay away. Yeah. Just not a situation I'm looking to get into uh, before we move on. Just want to hit one last word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we're back. We're talking fantasy football villains on underdog. Guys that we are absolutely staying away from. Villains in our lineups going to ruin our drafts, you know, prioritizing these guys ahead of just ADP steals. If you don't know what ADP steals are, they're ADP heroes. Check out our last episode on Spotify. If you are a Spotify listener, also be sure to answer the DGen question of every episode. Just go to Spotify and grab the Q&A section. It'll have the question listed. You listen to the podcast, just answer the question. Boom, you're gaining points for free stuff. This month we're giving away a free uh, $50 gift card. To the SGPN store. Who is your next villain up, Andrew? Who's your next man on your list? Next guy up. We'll keep it with the running backs here, and we'll go Josh Jacobs, currently listed as the sixth RB off the board. Okay. Uh, this is, it seems pretty easy to me in my eyes that he's a stay away. He had 340 carries last year, 393 touches. 
Again, that's 340 carries, 393 touches. That's a shit ton. That's a lot of wear and tear on the body. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not super overly concerned about that because, again, he is, I think, 25 or 26. So he's still relatively young. Um, but I don't think he's going to get this type of volume again. Really, he did all his damage because of the volume. Now, he did have a couple of really long runs uh, You know that, that helped as well with his numbers mm-hmm. and his touchdowns. But I don't believe that he's going to get this volume. Uh, their O line actually uh, also produced uh, more, you know, or was they produced more than they expected to do at the start of the season. So they got a little lucky with their offensive line and what they were able to produce. They opened up some holes for him. Um, I think it was his first season that he's had where uh, you know he, he gained uh, more yards than less before contact as well. So there's there's a couple of things working against him. Uh, he's currently going in round two, you know, somewhere from beginning to middle of round two. I prefer him as a mid to late round three, if not later. I doubt he's going to ma- make it there in a <clears> lot <throat> of leagues that I'm in. So so he's a stay away from me at you know RB six. Um, I also you know there's quarterback change. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. You know Derek Carr to Jimmy G. It's kind of like the same, right? So you know that doesn't really change it for me. Uh, but they still have Devontae Adams. They went out and got Jacoby Myers. Uh, they still have Hunter Renfro, even though it looks like he might be shopped in the market. They did send mm-hmm. out Darren Waller. So, you know, they had a few uh, moving parts. But last year, they also did draft uh, Zamir White. I don't think they're going to give him a full workload by any means, but I do think they're going to integrate him a little bit more than they did last year. That also works against Josh Jacobs. So, you know, between all the touches he got and, you know, the, the offensive line, again, produced more than they should have last year. And Zamir White will hopefully get a little bit more involved at his current cost in round two. I, I just don't see why people are pulling the trigger on it. Maybe if this is a standard league, it maybe he creeps into round two for me. But any half PPR to PPR leagues, best ball leagues, I, I don't really want anything to do with Josh Jacobs. I just think that it was an outlier that we saw last year and at his current ADP. It's mm-hmm. just it, it's it's too rich. I think we're drafting him at his ceiling uh, as opposed to last year. You're getting him around six, seven, somewhere in there, eight. And he obviously, you know, way overproduced that. So I, I just think we're drafting him where he could finish. And it, to me, there's just no value at his current ADP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suspect them to have a run-heavy offense, but I also expect them to go shopping for a running back. I believe they they tagged Josh Jacobs, so they're not committed to him long-term. I don't think he's going to get moved by any means, but I do believe that they're going to go ahead and attack the position in the draft. You'll probably see a healthy bit of Zamir White. We got Jake in the chat asking about what round he was going in last year. Last year is a hu- super huge discount. Remember Hall of Fame night? Yeah. Preseason yeah, week one. <laughs> it's like, yep. it's over. Josh Jacobs' career is over. He's starting. <laughs> yeah. The sky's I, I re- falling for Josh Jacobs. I remember him going anywhere from round six to nine, I believe. I remember I saw him in best ball. Right. It was funny. Like, it, he was kind of the guy that people just settled for. They're like, yeah, all right. He made it here to round, you know, eight, round nine. I guess I'll take him, right? Like, so it was kind of funny to watch that and see how that all played out. But I know in a couple home leagues I have, I remember him going around six and seven in those as well. So it, it, I guess it really depends on the drafters, but anywhere from six to nine is where he was going last year. You either die the hero or live long enough to become a villain. Josh Jacobs, here we are. <laughs> All right, bringing it back to another running back. I think you'll like this one. You know, you always like to throw some shade to the Dallas Cowboys. We got Tony Pollard <laughs> here. Tony Pollard right now, wow. Expensive, my friend. Like, I mean, total Ferrari status, in my opinion, for you know Tony Pollard standards. RB eleven, RB eleven. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
great season, a lot of usage. I love it. But I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys buying another running back in this draft is being calculated in, into these rankings right now. Like they are absolutely going to go out and get another guy. I mean, Rojo, who they signed this offseason, that's not going to move the line. That's not going to be, you know, a line mover for Pollard's ADP. No one's going to like react to that and go, oh man, I got, I got to check myself on Tony Pollard. I got to back him up a couple of, couple of rounds. Not saying that that's the case. I'm not trying to counter argue that, but I am arguing that they are going to attack the position. They have uh, many different backs uh, mocked to them right now, whether it be, you know, a guy like Jameer Gibbs, Sean Tucker, uh, Devin Akine. There's been a lot of talk about them going after a running back. Again, just don't feel like that's built into this ranking right now. I have him at RB21, which I think is pretty respectable. I just also believe that this team is going to pass a lot. I think the numbers will probably be balanced. You'll probably see them maybe anywhere from like the 14th to the 16th highest rushing team. But I think overall, you're going to get that feel from them like, oh man, Dak's going to go out there and pass 35 plus times most games, more often than not. So I feel like the offensive scheme will shift to something of a more balanced attack, especially with running back touches once they get another guy in there. What are your thoughts on Pollard? Yeah, I kind of keep going back and forth. Uh, I really don't like the whole Pollard injury thing, though I did just read mm -hmm. uh, uh, an article that said that they do not believe that this will uh, impact his future ability, even though he did break mm -hmm. his fibula. So, you know, I don't know if I fully believe that. I think it is going to hinder him just maybe a little bit, especially at the start of the season. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to have him ranked as far back as you do. I'm going to be, okay. I'll, I'm, I'm going to split the difference um, because I did start working on these rankings. So I, I think I'm going to split mm -hmm. the difference. I think his ability is there. I think the usage could be there because, again, they really like Tony Pollard and we all saw it the last couple of years, right? That he was much better than Zeke. We all knew it. Now mm -hmm. they finally caught on and they, are playing on using this, you know, quote unquote Ferrari, as you like to call it. So I, I think that the usage will be there for him as well. Will he be as effective is, is what I'm wondering in my mind. I'm, I'm not sure that he will be as effective because um, he's going to get more volume now. So his efficiency is going to come down, but the volume should balance it out a little bit. I, I fully agree with you. I do think they are going to bring in somebody else, whether that is somebody from the draft or whether that's one of these still remaining guys out there. But I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be somebody in the draft. So, there's a lot of good running backs in this draft, so they could bring in somebody that is pretty close to Pollard's ability as well. So it it does concern me. I don't want to take him as high as he's going now, so I fully agree with you, but I don't want to rank him as low as you. So I'm going to be in the middle. I think somewhere in the rounds, maybe end of round three, into round four is where I feel comfortable with him. I think he is going in the round two, maybe early three right now. So I'm, I'm not too far off from that, but I, I can definitely see your case on why you think he's a bust at his current ADB. I don't know what happened to you, man. You're going soft. Like you used to be completely anti-cowboy. I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I what happened? Did your, your balls drop off? I don't know what. I don't know <laughs> what happened. You know, I figured this is going to be a slam dunk. Split the difference. I mean, it's it's not a you know complete counter argument, but I guess I get it. Twenty one feels like a safe place for me. I was more referring to the ranking as a Ferrari type of ranking because Tony Pollard is a top. 12 RB just feels a little rich. It sounds like you do agree he's closer to mid RB2 territory than he is back end RB1. So we can at least agree on that. Uh, you're more yes. front end RB2, I'm more back end RB2, which yes. I still think is pretty close. If you had him anywhere from 15 to 16 to my 21, you know, I, I yeah, we're, we're definitely splitting hairs there. But again, like it's not like we're believing that like 
Rojo is going to steal any touches. I think that it's really going to be predicated on them drafting someone with priority, you know, in this upcoming draft, maybe at the end of round one, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have been talking about Bijan going there. I just don't find it very likely, but I could see them maybe settling for a Jameer Gibbs as the second running back off the board. And I think that he would complement Pollard as a third down back. He would be a very good pass catcher, maybe not the best pass blocker, but I think you could set up a very good situation with a one, two, three between Pollard and uh, and a guy like Gibbs, if not Gibbs. Yes. Um, and uh, established run does have him listed as uh, RB 11 as well. That's where they have him ranked. You know, mm. it's just the, those guys. So, so the guys going around him is, is kind of where I'm like at with what I want to rank him because Josh Jacobs is there. Obviously I like Pollard more than Josh Jacobs. Uh, Derek mm-hmm. Henry's there. That one's, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Derrick Henry a little bit more, even though kind of all, all signs are all the guy who are, can rush, rush for 2000 yards, not total yards, rush for 2000 yards. Yeah. We'd like him. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's a, something that's pointing me to like the Derrick Henry cliff is going to hit at some point, And I'm not sure I want to be on it when if, it falls if off. If you believe that, then Cooper cup is already dead. Like you might as well bury <laughs> Cooper cup. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm saying people have that same argument. Like Cooper cup is going to retire. Like What? Why? He's he's not even 30 years old. He's 29. Like, come on. Why would Cooper Cup retire? If anything, he would just get traded. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for Cooper Cup to get traded, the Chiefs, like any day now. It could happen. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, with these other guys around Pollard, like Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, like all those guys are similar to me. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to fall in there, but I don't think the rankings too obscure. But I'm definitely going to move him back a little bit. Um, there's some other guys I'd rather take. It, you know, I guess for me with the ADP of Pollard is there's wide mm-hmm. receivers I like around him, which is why I don't normally draft yep. Tony Pollard. I don't, yep. I don't necessarily think people oh, shouldn't draft him, but there's just other positional players around him that I like better. Yeah, no, it's it's the same thing here. Um, I think the only other guy that I would kind of throw into that mix that's around the same ADP is Ramondre Stevenson. I just it's hard for me to buy into buying a Patriots running back that high. For comparison, Ramondre Stevenson's at RB thirteen to Pollard's RB eleven. And again, we just saw a great season out of Ramondre Stevenson. But I've played that game with Bill. I've played that game with the Patriots before. Going back to the well, expecting the same type of production. It's called insanity. You know, expecting We're, the same outcome over and over again, it's not going to happen yeah. with with uh, Patriots running backs. Yeah, I, I think it's really going to show us what they do in the draft. If they don't pick anybody, then it's for Mondre Stevenson season, uh, season again. Don't don't be surprised if they sign another uh, a veteran though after the draft if they don't if they don't come back with anybody because I know that they like uh, Harris. I know they like Kevin Harris. They signed James Robinson to what they consider to be a reserve role. He's not going to play, but he I'm sorry, he's not going to yeah. play a lot, but he's going to play. And, yeah, and they have Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong was he only and, ran the ball ten times last year, but but he was effective. He had like almost like a ten, uh, like a ten yard per carry average or something right. like that. So it, it was something crazy. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I like Ramondre more than Tony Pollard. Is is the end of story there? Okay, okay, that, that's fine. What about uh, like Dalvin Cook? He's parked at RB fifteen. I don't think either of us are drafting him at that ADP. No, I, I I'm kind of out on Dalvin Cook to be honest with you. I read some stuff and he, he's. Less efficient as he was. I think he's still going where he's going due to his name. No, fair. Yeah, fair enough. Rip the name off the jersey for sure. Yep. Uh, also could land in a better scenario, right? This was a team that was talking about potentially getting David Montgomery had he not gone to Detroit. 
how would the dominoes have fallen with that scenario? Like, I have to believe that Dalvin Cook would have just been gone. You know, maybe that is still to come. Maybe, you know, we're, you know, you know, waiting on any second for that, or it could be a draft night thing. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, particularly at that ADP, you know, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Ramondre, Dalvin Cook, it's a tough space. But I think for you and me, probably like 70, 80% of the time, we're like, see you later. They're called wide receivers. Like that's yep. where we're going. Or, you know, maybe we're making a stand with an early tight end or something like that. I know I've been drafting, you know, a lot of TJ Hawkinson early. So, yep. um, yeah, I agree with you. I just don't like them at their ADP either. Yeah, um, I see Jake uh, Jake Paquin here talking myself into Najee this year. I, I also am. The more I look mm-hmm. at it and where he's going, again, he's going as running back 14. Um, I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to have a decent share of Najee Harris this year. Yeah. I I, I want to dive a little bit more into him and, and what I think he's, his production can be with the amount of volume he's going to get. But I, I'm with you, Jake. I think Najee is going to have a much better year. I think we're all just buying into year two of Kenny Pickett, another year with that offensive line after Ben Roethlisberger. We saw Najee have a great, great finish to last season. I actually traded a first-round pick this year in Dynasty for him last year, and I feel better and better about it as the um, as the year went on. You know, obviously now through the offseason, there was just all that talk about Jalen Warren. You know, taking over the job. It's his backfield now. You know, it's Najee. 1B to the war in 1A, and man, Najee just shut all that shit down. He said, nah, it's my ball. Give me that rock 20-plus times. He's also getting that like four to five catch range as well. I'm very, very hip to the Najee Harris uh, scene this year for sure. All right, next up I have is kind of a, it's kind of like a twosome because it's kind of the same situation, and that's Calvin Ridley, George Pickens, and I just fundamentally disagree with taking those players over the real wide receiver ones on their team. Calvin Ridley, I absolutely love the talent, but being as removed from the game as he's been with the suspension, with the injuries, it just doesn't feel appropriate to be drafting him ahead of Christian Kirk. Maybe he is the overall better receiver, but Kirk has been there. He has that chemistry with Lawrence. This is going to be a team that passes the ball down the field a lot. So when I see Calvin Ridley going that much farther ahead of Christian Kirk, I want to say it's about like eight to nine ADP value somewhere, somewhere in that range or, or in the position rank. It's just a gift. Like, I, I don't know if he actually is a villain. He's a villain if you take him at that ADP, but it's almost like he's a hero because I'm just kind of like shielded and protected, you know, by his ADP to just sneakily grab Christian Kirk and stack him right along with Trevor Lawrence. And the same thing goes for George Pickens with the Steelers. He's being ranked ahead of Deontay Johnson, who has had 140-plus targets in three straight seasons. Kenny Pickett isn't going to get worse. He's not going to get dead arm like Ben Roethlisberger. And even when Ben Roethlisberger had dead arm, he still targeted Deontay Johnson over 140-plus times. Deontay Johnson is firmly slated as the top priority in this offense behind the running game. That's it. Like, there's the run game. That's how we're setting it up. And then it's, bada-bing, with Deontay Johnson. It's a rope-a-dope, all right? I have no idea why he's going at such a discount. You and I have discussed it before, most likely just a complete overreaction to the zero touchdowns last year. But I cannot suggest or outright push Calvin Ridley or George Pickens onto followers and listeners with priority with, again, 
the appropriate wide receiver one on their roster being drafted behind them. It's just a complete miscalculation for me. I I do believe it gets corrected, but right now, you know, it's fast times, baby, in these drafts, right? We're we're moving fast in these streets. We're wheeling dealing on this market, and you got to get these values while they still last. So Calvin Ridley, Pickens, villains in my eyes, but also heroes, secret, secret heroes, anti-heroes, if you will, because they're helping us, they're protecting us. What do you got? <laughs> So the the difference between uh, Ridley and Kirk is uh, Ridley's wide receiver eighteen off the board. Kirk is wide receiver twenty six. Established mm-hmm. run has them ranked as nineteen and twenty. So back to back. So ha! I think that it's cowards. Yeah, I think that it is more or less of they're not sure who's going to actually be the facto one there because we have no idea what Calvin Ridley is going to do. I mean, we didn't see him all last year due to the suspension. Last time we did see him, it was pretty good though. So I. I I can see why they're they're ranked back to back. I have actually cooled down a little bit on my Ridley hate, but not to the effect of I think that he should be going eight spots over Christian Kirk. So I, I do agree with you there. Uh, Ridley, though, I think he has something to prove, and I think that the Jags want to get him involved and show that you know I think they want to stick it to the NFL a little bit, right? For the whole suspension over, he should not have been suspended for a whole year for for what he did, as opposed to what other people have done and get off with mm-hmm. four six game suspensions. So I think they want to stick it to him a little bit. So I'm I'm kind of in on both of them, but I do agree that they should be closer. I think Ridley should be moved back a little bit closer to Kirk as opposed to Kirk moved up to Ridley. As far sure. as the Steelers wide receivers, uh, let me look on here real quick. Just just for reference, I have them completely swapped. I have Ridley at 26, and I have Christian Kirk at 18. Completely flipped. Okay, okay. Uh, so let's see here. So I see... And Christian Kirk may very well finish ahead of that ADP come end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay Johnson here. Uh, currently going off as wide receiver 39. Uh, established run has him as wide receiver 36. And I'm looking for... My wide receiver 20. I was looking for Pickens. Yeah, that's right. I have him up 19 spots. No big deal, folks. No big deal. Smash the like button on that, will you? <sighs> Man, I uh, I'm like having a hard time finding the pickings on this uh, list here. Well, oh, here he is ahead of here he is. Uh, he's, DJ, so he's <clears> wide receiver thirty six <throat> on underdog, wide receiver thirty nine ranked on establisher run. So they do agree with Criminal. us and you that DJ Criminal. should be the one uh, ahead of Pickens. It's just bad math, underdog. I like don't get me wrong. You've got a great platform, but the algorithm here, you messed up, buddies. You messed up. It's just, it's just not right. Like I'm sorry. Fix it, please. Thank you. Or don't, because I like getting them at a value. (laughs) I don't know. I I would prefer them almost to to swap it now because I've gotten so many shares. You know, at at this at this point, I need that shit shut down. You know, that's becoming a more popular brand, Andrew. The word's getting out about DJ. You know, I don't know how many more times I'm going to be able to say it, but between now and week one, um, and actually in a dynasty draft I just did, I think I took him as like my third receiver or something like that, and I got him at a huge deal, and I was thinking like, oh man. All these teams are going to take him. And he went like nine picks untouched. I was like, thank you. Mm -hmm, Appreciate mm -hmm. you. Also stacked Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk in that draft. Hallelujah. Yes, stacking. Uh, Very important if if people don't know yet. Uh, Not not so much in the dynasty and redraft, but definitely in the best ball for sure. Right. But I like like to get a good solid one, though. Like if, if I have... You know, a good young quarterback like that who's going to be around for a while. Yeah, let me let me get his you know top target for a couple of years for sure. Absolutely, mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially if you're just buying in on them. Which I agree with you too. Like, it's not that my arguments against these guys is 
you know, a argument against their talent or what they can be. It's about the underdog value. That's all it has to do with. I love, love Calvin Ridley. He is that dog. He is him. He is one of us. He is a degen. So I'm all about sticking it back to the NFL. Freaking Goodell getting paid, what, $64 million or some garbage? Like, doing what, buddy? You don't even put the schedule together. Like, that guy deserves, like, that much money. Not you, pal. Come on. What does he do other than show up? He's like he's like the vice president. Like, you know what I mean? They just show up and shake hands and shit and smile. Like, what is he actually doing? All right, who's your next villain? We got a couple more to go here. Next villain here uh, is, and this might surprise some people, but it's George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle, uh, hold on, let me pull it up here. Uh, he is currently going as... Uh, he's currently going as uh, tight end four on uh, actually tight end five on underdog tight end four seven. Uh, yeah, tight end is tight end four after Hawkinson and Andrews. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and then tight end five on established to run, so they have him ranked just you know one spot later. So the case for for the bust on Kittle. Um, last year he was very good at the end of the year. That was mm-hmm. all with Brock Purdy, right? Brock Purdy's not going to be there, right? In the start of the oh, year, or, or at least it doesn't seem that way. You know, the the Q, there's questions at the quarterback position for San Francisco. So that's one. Two target volume increased with Debo Samuel sidelined. Debo's going to be back, so. There's another knock on him. Uh, he scored a majority of his touchdowns with Brock Purdy as well at the end of the year. So his touchdown should regress a little bit. I mean, he had multiple, multiple tight end game or uh, touchdown games. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that's in the realm of possibilities again. Plus, half of his games played, he had less than 30 yards. That is not good. So 50% hit rate on less than 30, 30 yards. Right. So uh, the the last little note I have on him is I think with Christian McCaffrey getting more involved this season with an offseason, you know, he's learned the playbook a little bit more. He's going to be more involved. They didn't go get him for no reason. They want to run him into Mm -hmm. the ground because honestly, after his contract, they'll probably let him go unless he's like just an absolute superstar, which he is. But unless he just blows that out of the water. I, I, I'm not sure they're going to re-sign him because they're, they're going to beat the brakes off Christian McCaffrey. They're going to use him as much as physically possible. So are they? Just, just, just really quick on that because, you know, a lot of people were upset with the fact that that's not what they did. And Elijah Mitchell was actually getting used more than anticipated post-CMC trade. Yeah, to completely understand why. And I think the reason that happened is because of him not being fully integrated into the, uh, you know, into the offense. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they knew what, what he was going to be able to do. And they really, I think, just put together a package for him to keep him involved and be uh, let him be go. efficient. The what? package was called go. Just yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the gap. Here's the ball. You, you just go the yeah. gap. You see the end zone? Find it. Uh, so I think that that's why that happened. I don't expect that to be the case. I expect Chris McCaffrey to take a bulk of the workload there. Um, now towards the end of the year, they might want to slow his roll just a little bit to make sure that he maintains health moving into the playoffs. Cause I do think they'll be a playoff team again, but uh, regardless, uh, you know, uh, the, the story against Kittle again is, is all these little factors. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I just think that 
I think I don't think it's bad where he's going in the position. I think it's bad where he's going in the drafts. You know, like I don't want George Kittle in the fourth yeah. round personally. No, I'd much rather have guys going around him. So I think the case just lays itself out with all the things that went right for him last year. A lot of those are probably not going to be the case moving forward. Let's we're, let's play the game here. We're going to do it. <clears throat> Dallas Goddard, George Kittle. At at their ADPs, like they're not yep. not their tight end ADP, but their actual ADP in rounds. Yep. Oh, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, thousand uh, percent. Evan Ingram, George Kittle. Uh, Evan Ingram because he's going like uh, past uh, rank one hundred. So yeah, Evan Ingram. Darren Waller or George Kittle? Mm, definitely Darren Waller. Bulk of the uh, bulk of the work in in New York. Dalton Schultz. Oh George God, Kittle. I knew you were going to get to that one because you like Dalton Schultz. Um. That one's tough because I, I don't fully buy into the Dalton Schultz thing, but I do like where he's going. Um, that one I'm, I'm split on. Uh, I guess I guess I'll take Schultz just because I would much rather just take the later tight end. I have George Kittle at tight end seven. Do you think that you'll have him ranked farther than that? Schultz no, is number I, eight, so I have them. I have them at seven and eight. I think he's. I think Kittle's going to fall right at that spot for me. Like I'd rather have Dallas Goddard in front of him and Darren mm-hmm. Waller. I think he'll fall so, right behind those guys. Thousand percent. You're still going Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts, Goddard. That's five. Yep. And Evan then Ingram Waller is. Kittle. Yeah. So yeah. So that puts him to. Puts him to because seven or eight. Never, I'm, I, so so when I say like I'm going to have Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts, Goddard, mm-hmm. Waller, Kittle. That's how I like them for their. Uh, for their actual ability, but for sure. ADP ranking wise, like I'm going to have George Kittle in front of Evan Ingram because I think George Kittle's a better tight end. But mm-hmm. I would be okay waiting to draft Evan Ingram. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I think all your arguments on Kittle are. Um, and Kittle's a great right? tight end. This is no knock on Kittle. He, he's a fantastic tight end. He's a great blocker. He's an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Like that dude is one of the funniest football players I've ever seen. Like I love when they when they show like like during the week when you watch NFL Network and they show like odd moments from the week or whatever. And like it's George mm-hmm. Kittle like, staring at the camera. Like he always finds it and he's staring at. It. Like the dude's hilarious and he's a great football. Shout player. out, shout out, uh, George Kittle at WrestleMania. He was getting it done. Exactly. Like the the personality of George Kittle is awesome. And I did sit beside his sister at a Washington uh, Redskins when they were still the Redskins game versus the Niners because they're from the the dc area so i sat beside oh, okay, right sister, and i you know short story i fully didn't believe that it was the sister she was like talking to us i'm like okay whatever right and then she's like here and she's like show, she's like showing us pictures i'm like oh oh i'm like you're actually his sister and i was like oh that's pretty cool and this is before like this is the year before george kittle really started to break out as a tight how so, you doing yeah i was like oh okay like interesting right um so again not a knock on george kittle fantastic tight end i just don't like where he's going for his adp i'd rather wait and take a couple of those other guys yeah, no, no, that's that's good. I really don't like any other tight ends at that ADP. Uh, probably not taking George Kittle there. I've just taken so much TJ Hawkinson. Um, TJ Hawkinson is my number two tight end. So if I'm getting him even after George Kittle, like it's highway robbery. And I've done it a few times just because people are always drafting George Kittle on that name by name basis. He doesn't have a, a super high touchdown percentage in that offense. Again, like you had mentioned, it's going to be the CMC show, and you're even going to have your roster cloggers, just random guys getting touchdowns. Don't be surprised if your boy TPP finds the end zone a few times this year. Elijah Mitchell is going to be stealing touches. Like, there's not going to be any you know over priority for anyone other than 
Debo Samuel and CMC because they can be used so many different ways in that playbook. And really, if you are drafting Kittle an underdog, you're just banking on him somehow flourishing out a double-digit touchdown season. That's not a bet that I can um, I can put a lot on. That's just not something I have a ton of confidence in. So, yeah, completely agree with George Kittle. He is a ADP villain in my uh, in my book as well. All right, very good. That was a great episode. Andrew, I know that you have the Villains uh, article coming out this week highlighting all of your key do-not-draft players. What day can uh, can the fans and followers expect that? I believe we are going to get that. No. Articles that I know of. Uh, I told them to to look back at the end of the week, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Friday that we are releasing it. So um, I will make sure to get it out on social so everyone can see it. Um, and yeah, and I appreciate any feedback from from everyone. You know, we want to make sure that what what you're reading is what you want to see from us. Same thing with the mm-hmm. podcast, right? You know, please make sure you guys drop us a like, rating, review, all that. Whether you're on YouTube, or Spotify, it doesn't matter. Please let us know if you like the show. If you want to see us do anything else, if there's topics mm-hmm. you guys want us to hit on, please let us know. We are willing to talk about anything. That that is true. You know, we pick the topics just about every episode. But if you fans, listeners, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. You want to play a role? Hey, let us know. Get 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 us some ideas, maybe some unique things that you've been dealing with in your off season. We're all ears. Drop a review. Jump in our Discord. We've got a lot of opportunities to connect with uh, us, me and Andrew, and our other analysts. Like I said, this coming Thursday, we're going to be doing a draft with Pete Overzet on Underdog, 9 p.m. Eastern. Be here or be I, square. I don't know if you're you if you know this about me yet or not, but I'm I'm pretty excited to have him on. <laughs> Six to midnight, baby. <laughs> oh yeah zero oh, yeah. to 100 all right very good appreciate everyone following and listening if you're on spotify be sure to give it a download be sure to give a five-star review if you're on youtube before you check out smash the like button subscribe to the channel and share the video take care be well be good but if you can't be good be good at it we'll see you guys